wanted to sort of take a moment and help us understand and be on the same page as to what we're doing here today. What is water baptism about at City River? There's a lot of understandings about that. And, you know, more specifically, what is City River? Some of you see the sign outside that says Armenian Emmanuel Church of the Nazarene and wonder why did these guys call themselves City River? Well, I'm going to try to help answer that question today. City River, if you go to the website, and by the way, some of you may be wondering, there's no offering plate that goes around and that's at this point the desire of the leadership team not to make that part of our uh, service but to keep it available for private worship where you can visit the website and click on the donate button and make that how you personally worship God through your giving. So on the website, you'll see these words, one river, many streams. What does that mean? There's one river that flows from the throne of God. And we're praying that this congregation, this expression of the body of Christ that is here in this corner of the world, becomes a living expression of that river. And we know that rivers don't just happen, they actually are a coming together of many, many different streams, whether it's high up in the mountains or across different parts of the, uh, the, the terrain. Rivers come together as streams. And if you go to our story under about, you'll read about our story. It says, we are better together. City River is a collection of churches that understand the importance of and power of unity so we have a high value we place a high value on the unity of the body of Christ in a church in a city in a nation across the globe we value what Jesus prayed for and died for in John 17 he prays his priestly prayer where he says father make they be one as you and I are one and it's not just for the warm and fuzzies of unity and walking together and fellowship and, you know, all the good stuff. But it's about a very strategic purpose that the world would know that you sent your son. It is for the people's salvation that the body of Christ's unity is critical in its expression. So laying aside our own agendas, we fervently ask God for his direction on how we can be a better representation of his church in our city it, it may be small but you can go to cityriver.com and fan through the pages and you can see all that so who are we well there's two congregations that are part of city river at this point one is the armenian emmanuel church of the nazarene that's the sign that you see outside the building they're the ones that built this place they're the ones that invited the other church to come in they're the ones that have done all of what allows us to do what we are doing here physically in terms of space uh, pastor john and his wife berjuhi started this ministry to reach armenians many years ago and uh in 2009 2005 actually they invited toronto church of the living god to join them here and many of us are from the toronto church of the living god many of us are from armenian emmanuel church of the nazarene together we came together in 09 to be called the Well on Bayview. And we felt later that we need to enlarge that. There was another church that joined us. Uh, they were 
going through their own transitions as their pastor retired. You know the story, Acts Christian Fellowship. And last summer, they decided to separate, not because there was any conflict between us or any misunderstandings, but because they felt that they were so small and without their pastor, they needed to know who they are, so they left. The door's wide open for any of them to come back or them as a church to come back, but that's not the issue. The issue is that we are in good fellowship with them. And uh, we as a church value core things beyond just the expression of the church in this building. And we value our partnership with the rest of the city. So we have placed a high value in our relationship with this group called Mission GTA. Mission GTA's website tells you, imagine the whole church in all her diversity, ethnic, denominational, geographic even, like West Toronto, East Toronto, Scarborough, North Toronto, uh, in all her generations, young and old, serving together the whole region. What a beautiful expression that will be. And uh, we've seen progress in that area. I, as your pastor, am involved as the chair of Mission GTA, and many of you have worked at different things that Mission GTA has done. We used to host a Saturday prayer once a month here. Aaron would be part of the worship. Many of you would come out. We've been involved with the Festival of Hope in 2014. Mission GTA was the lead role behind that. But we go even beyond just the region. City River is involved outside of just the Toronto GTA area. And we are involved with a group called Watchmen for the Nations. Some of you have attended gatherings. Last weekend, Patrick and Lara were in Montreal for the Perfume of Nations with Watchmen. Cholet translates into Farsi online events for Watchmen. Many of you have joined and been part of that. Uh, I think a group of us were in Montreal in 2016. A bunch of others were uh, at different times. Ara Salpi... Yeah, our Salpi, we, we had gone to uh, uh, Germany and then Korea, different places. The point is, we want to be part of what God is doing in the nations at this time, though we're small. So part of what I'm thinking is why, you need to know why you're here and what you're part of. What is it that you inherit by being part of this family? What is the DNA of this family that you're plugging into? And, and with all of this said, what does baptism here at City River look like? What does it mean? Well, I thought we would go through a little bit of a, a history of baptism. What is baptism generally about? Uh, what does it mean? What does it signify? Are there different types of baptism? There's obviously controversy and, and division around baptism, like with any other theme in the, in the body of Christ. You know, there were some that were called forward Baptists, and there were some that were called backwards Baptists. You know what the difference is? Forward, backwards. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding, and they divided on that. Remember last week I was telling you about the city of Jerusalem and the cemeteries outside? The Jews on one side and the Arabs on another, and they're both lying different ways. This is kind of how we fight over some of the details, you know. Anyway, and what does baptism at City River look like? So as far as the history of baptism, in the Tanakh, do you know what that is? The Tanakh is the Old Testament. 
I'm saying Tanakh because that's how a Jewish person would understand what we call the Old Testament. The Tanakh simply means the Torah, the Nevi'im, which is the prophets, and the Ketavim, which is the writers. So all the poetries, all the history, all the different writings, all the different things that are in there, the five books of Moses, the prophets, and the writings. And that's the Old Testament for us as Christians. In the Old Testament, there were laws given by God about ritual purification. If someone is unclean, if someone is a leper, if someone has got a disease of the skin that causes oozing or pus, they would need to go and purify themselves in water. The priests themselves, before they go in to do the work in the holy place, there was a big bronze laver that they would need to go and wash their hands and their feet before they can continue to do what they're doing. As a matter of fact, women would have to purify themselves ritually after their menstrual cycle. There was all kinds of laws that indicated to them that there was something that happens as a person passes through water that indicates a transference of unclean to clean, impure to pure, before and after. I wasn't well, I'm well. So in the Old Testament, you find that this is a theme that's going right through to the point that at the beginning of the New Testament, when John the Baptist shows up on the scene, he spoke to people that understood the concept of baptism and he didn't need to explain it. These were Jewish people that were used to the idea of a purifying process through the water. And he would tell them, hey guys, we as a nation have gone astray. Repent. Come back from your sinful ways. Come back from your idolatry. Come back from putting yourself first in relation to God. And come be baptized. Jesus himself went through that process. Not because he needed to, but because he was fulfilling all righteousness in doing that as well. So he went through that. He was consecrating himself at that point. It was an expression of his consecration and it was met by God coming down in the form of the dove as the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Father. So we see the Trinity alive there in the Jordan River when John the Baptist baptized Jesus and Jesus came out, Spirit, Father, Son, all in one scene. This is my beloved Son with whom I'm pleased to hear him. And Jesus gave us the command to go forth into all nations June 4th hmm. uh, to go out into all the nations baptize teaching them baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Spirit so that they were being washed sanctified set apart purified all of that so that we can move into a different phase now, just before the service, Tim comes to me and he says, I got to show you this. I got to show you this. They were just in Ephesus. And they had gone to the site memorializing St. John the Evangelist. And this is where he's buried. And right next to that, what would you think there is? This is what is called in Hebrew a mikvah. 
Many people had these in their homes, in the backyard. Some of them, in Jerusalem especially, some of them would have big ones that a whole family can go into. The idea was before every feast, they would go and purify themselves. Some would do this on a weekly basis. Some would do it on a daily basis. It was a process of purification. Women would do this before their wedding. They would go and meet with other women and they would go through a purification process. And this is exactly what they would look like. Here's a better look. Thanks, Tim. So this is what John was doing. It's the, the, the site, the memorial site, or the, the shrine there, is around where he was living before he died. And this is what he was doing to his death. He was baptizing people right there in Ephesus, and this is what it looked like. So it's a little bit different than ours. Ours doesn't have a down and back up. It was just down and up, so it's like half, half that. But it's very similar. The idea is the same. You go in, and you're immersed. In the Jordan, they were immersed. So what, what does baptism signify? As I told you, it's, it's a sign of purification. It's a confession. It's a sign of repentance. It's definitely obedience to Christ's command. Christ said, go and be baptized. Paul tells us, whoever believes in his heart and is baptized shall be saved. It's a confession of the death and resurrection, just like we had here. It's a confession of the death and resurrection of Jesus and my partaking in that, my fitting into that. And it's actually something else. It's an expression of admission into the new covenant, into the covenant community. Now, admission into the covenant community is interesting. Because the first time we see something like that in a practical sense is in Genesis 17. Genesis 17, God told Abraham to get circumcised as part of his expression of being part of a covenant with God. And do you know what Abraham did? As the head of his household, he went home, told his wife what happened, gathered all his staff, his workers, his son Ishmael, and all of the men entered into that same covenant through the same expression of circumcision. The head of the household, his faith, his entry into the covenant affected the entire household. Keep that in the back of your mind. We'll come back to that. So the circumcision was an expression of the admission into the covenant community, in this case, Abraham's family, and then all of Israel after that, and then people that wanted to come in to become Jewish from other nations would also take part of the same thing. They would go through a mikvah and they would get baptized or cleansed as part of the ritual of admission into the covenant community. So that has helped us to understand a little bit more about the types of baptism that exist in the body of Christ today. And I'm going to come back to what it looks like at City River at the end. So what are the types of baptisms that exist? Well, there's definitely individual baptism. We, we haven't seen group baptisms much. We've had a couple of families where husbands and wives gone into the tank together and they got baptized. We've had situations like that. Uh, we've had, we ourselves here, have seen husbands and wives go in or mothers and daughters go in. We've seen all that. 
but there's also what we call believer's baptism. And we encourage that because there's sufficient scripture that indicates that the baptism is a baptism of those that believe, those that believe and are baptized. Many times we read in scripture. If you're interested in getting into some of this, contact me after the service. We'll go into some more detail. But we also see in some church traditions, remember I talked about traditions with communion? But there's also traditions in baptism. In some church traditions, they baptized infants. I was baptized as a child, as a baby. How many here were baptized as infants? Okay. Have you been baptized after that? I was baptized after that as a believer. So it causes some confusion. What happened to that first baptism? Did that just count as a bath? Or is the second one the bath? Which one is the baptism? Well, believer's baptism and children's baptism. And there is such emotions attached to the positions of these two that it actually has become divisions surrounding baptism. I told you the forward and the backward. That's a simple one. Go sideways. You know, solve it. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to go backwards. Just so that you all know. Okay. Uh, so what are some of the divisions? Well, the central, the central issue is who can be baptized. Who has the right to be baptized by the church? It's never the question of who has the right to baptize. The church has the right to baptize because we were commanded to go forth, teach all the nations and disciple them and baptize them. So there's two words here. Pedobaptism. What does that sound like? Well, it's children's baptism. And there's the other, credo-baptism. Credo comes out of, you know, pedo comes, you know, pediatrics, children. Make sense? So it's children's baptism. Credo-baptism, well, it sounds like creed, right? Well, exactly. Is it part of your creed? So is it a believer's baptism? And there's such division around these two issues. The conflict starts with interpretation. Some interpret household, and, and when they're talking about household, they think that there most likely was. And the concept of household is not defined by the instances in the book of Acts or in the, in the writings of the New Testament. It's actually defined much earlier in the Old Testament. And it's defined in such a way that in the Old Testament, it's impossible to think of a household without thinking of multiple generations. A household was usually the patriarch and the matriarch who built that house. And then as their grandchildren or their children were born and raised and now married, they would add another house right next to it in the same property. And they would add another one after that. So it would look like a big square of houses with a big courtyard in the middle. And they would live there as multiple generations, usually four, sometimes even five. So a household was that compound, if you will. Abraham had a household. And everyone in his household, including his 13-year-old son, were circumcised. So the definitions are, you know, a little bit more clear than what we think we understand when we only read the New Testament. And this has caused a lot of division. Some children get baptized in some traditions. In the Armenian Orthodox and the Armenian Catholic, all children are required to be baptized for them to be part of the church. 
in the evangelical tradition, some baptize children, some don't. We'll come to that. And what about the method of baptism? I told you forward and backward. But there's others. There is immersion, dunking, full dunking. And then there is pouring. And then there is sprinkling. Which is right? Well, if you're in a wheelchair, we're not going to ask you to climb up and, and go into the tank. We're probably going to take your heart's posture and honor your desire to be baptized and probably pour or sprinkle. The method is not the point. The act and the representation of it is. At least that's to our understanding. So what does it look like at City River? Well, I told you, City River is the Armenian Emmanuel Church of the Nazarene, and the Armenian Emmanuel Church of the Nazarene is bound by what's called the manual of the Church of the Nazarene Global. And the Church of the Nazarene, in its manual, says this, We believe that Christian baptism, commanded by our Lord, is a sacrament. It's a holy rit rite, a ritual, an act, signifying acceptance of the benefits of the atonement and incorporation into the body of Christ. Exactly what I told you some of those things are. Baptism is a means of grace proclaiming faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. It is to be administered to believers. Now, you, you know what it's saying here. It's administered to believers. Indicating their full purpose of obedience and holiness and righteousness keep reading as participants in the new covenant young children and the morally innocent may be baptized upon request of their parents or guardians I thought you said believers but young children may not fully understand what they believe well because it's a household They've taken the position in the Church of the Nazarene that it's okay. But look what it says. The church shall give assurance of, the, of Christian training. So it's not just a baptizing goodbye. It's we're going to work together now, the family and the church, to raise this child up in the way of Christ. But let's not get caught in those situations. We'll, we'll come back to that again. Baptism may be administered by sprinkling, pouring, or immersion. So the Church of the Nazarene gives us full access to that. Now, Toronto Church of the Living God is a little bit stricter. I don't know why we designed it that way back in the day, but this is what it says. Water baptism signifies the believer's obedience to Christ, identification with Christ in his death, burial and resurrection, and separation from the world. And then we added the words, the words and is practiced by immersion. That made it very tight for us to do any other way. And, uh, you know, we had a situation in, I think it was 2008, we had a baptismal service every month. And one month, we forgot to fill the tank, so what we were going to do, and there was somebody that came and says, baptize me. So we said, okay, uh, we can wait till next month. He goes, no, baptize me now. I'm believing, I want to be baptized. What's the problem? Do whatever you need to do. Pour, sprinkle, do whatever. We discussed it among ourselves and we came to the conclusion that, you know, we walk 
together the Armenian Emmanuel Church for the Nazarene and the Toronto Church of the Living God. Now he was part of Toronto Church of the Living God. So we said, you know what? For the sake of unity, not for the sake of expedience, but for the sake of unity, we have to stretch. So we did what we, in our articles of faith, don't have room for. And we actually poured. He stood there, we poured water on his head, and he was baptized. And his life continued, and he was blessed, and he was a blessing. So what is baptism at City River? It's not just baptism. It's communion. It's what we do in the city. It's what this church exists for that we believe is core to our existence and our foundation. And it could be summarized in these words. These are not our words. In the essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. Charity is really love. And these words were actually credited to either Augustine, depends on who you read, or Rupertus Maldinius, a theologian of the 13th century. Whichever person said these words, it's what we believe. We function that way not just within this church, but within the body of Christ in our relationships across the city. So this is what you've come to. You've come to a group of people that value the prayer of Jesus and its answer by being more loving, more generous, more giving, allowing our boundaries to be stretched so that we can hold one another tighter and walk together. So when you're being baptized here at City River, we hold loose immersion, sprinkling. We like immersion because it's a little bit closer to how Jesus was baptized. But if that's an impossibility, we'll accommodate. If you're lying in a hospital bed and you've come to the Lord and you want to, you know, you're on the, your last days and you want to be baptized, we're not going to say you have to come to church and be dunked. We'll take a bowl, we'll probably sprinkle you, and we'll call that your baptism and we'll bless you. If you're at home sick and you need to be baptized, we won't do, you know, the same thing, take you into the tub. We'll baptize you by either pouring or sprinkling. We'll take communion to your bedside. We do all of that because we recognize that there's so much that's confusing and there's so much that is unresolvable. The church hasn't resolved this. We're still divided over these things. And the truth of them is neither this or that, but it's the tension of being able to live in both.